Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Mark Schlereth doesn't hesitate when asked what he wanted to impart on his three kids. Don't leave with regrets. But for Mark, they weren't merely words. They were his mission. Keep listening to find out what I mean. Team Snap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As you start thinking about your spring sports season, the Team Snap app can help you spend more time focusing on coaching and less time worrying about the team management side of things. Even in this preseason time, coaches can use the app to start building relationships with players and parents through the messaging features. Plus, once your spring schedule's ready, put it on the app for parents to easily sync to their calendars. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. One of my favorite messages to write in books I sign is, nothing worth having comes easy. No one I know exemplifies that statement more than Mark Schlereth. In parts one and two, you've heard all the challenges Mark had to overcome with dyslexia, being one of just about a dozen athletes to ever play in the NFL from Alaska, and carving out a 12-year career after being a 10th round pick out of the University of Idaho. In part three, you're going to hear of the many sacrifices Mark made throughout his career, including undergoing 29 surgeries, 15 of them on his left knee alone, yet still prioritizing his family and then also his insights for youth sports parents. This is going to be a fun ride, so buckle up. Let's get to it. Mark, what's one thing you would tell your eight? 12 and 16 year old self well you know you get that question a lot of you know there's a lot of great things written and people ask themselves that question i've got to be honest with you it's the same thing i used to tell my own kids and my own son throughout his athletic career don't leave with regret and i can honestly say that i was never late to a meeting never missed anything i didn't miss workouts Uh, i was always as prepared as I possibly could be. Mm. I can honestly say there's nobody that outstudied me. There's nobody that out did anything more than I did from a preparation standpoint. My biggest thing was always from a work ethic standpoint was always, I was going to be, if I didn't make it, it was because I wasn't good enough. And I always looked at it like, man, I, I can live with that. Like there's a lot of things I'm not good at, right? I'm, I'm I'm well aware of them, so I I could live with that. But you know, people ask you, do you miss it? And you know, that was a big question when I first retired. Do you miss it? And no, I don't. I got everything and more out of my body than anybody who's ever played the game. Had 29 surgeries while I was playing. Had surgeries on a Monday and played the following Sunday. I had a surgery on a Sunday night and played that Monday night the next day. And like I said, I was always prepared. And and so I always, I just looked at that and that was just kind of the way that I wanted to go out. So I always even told my son, like, listen, man, don't, don't, I don't ever want you to sit on your couch when you're 40 going, man, I wish I'd have prepared more. I wish I'd have studied more. Like I go, injuries are going to happen. And sometimes that'll derail your career. And there's not a whole lot you can do about that. 
But don't let it be from a lack of preparation. Don't let it be from being lazy. Don't let it be from, you know, oh, I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like nobody feels like it. So like for me, there's not a whole lot I could tell myself at that age that would have been different than the way I would have approached it. I, and that's a beautiful thing, Mark. I, I mean, what a what a great example. And, and I think you're one of the best examples. I mean, 29 surgeries and reconciling sort of when I was younger and watching like that Steelers team and I, my team was the 49ers, right? Because I'm a little bit younger than you, but uh, the 49ers, you know, with Joe Montana and sure. Roger Craig and Jerry Rice and Rodney Lott was my favorite player. But when you look at that time, the Warriors, the people who would rise through, play through injuries and rise above things. And, and again, you represented that warrior mindset better than anybody. How do you feel about all that now as kind of the NFL's taken more efforts to try to curb you know, people playing through injuries and, and, and at least from a perception standpoint? And then you as a father and a grandfather, you know, I'm sure some of your grandkids are going to be interested in sports. How do you feel about safe and sort of persevering through things, but also doing things without doing untold damage to yourself long term? Yeah, I mean, the likelihood of you playing in the NFL and getting hurt is 100%. You're going to get injured just is the way it is. Anytime you use your body from a repetitive use standpoint, you know, injuries are going to happen. So that's that's just you understand going into it part of the game from a safety standpoint the fact that they are you know truly approaching concussions and things of that nature with a more serious bent is that's a good thing that's a great thing but i think the majority of the guys who play not all but the large vast majority would tell you based upon everything i know and based upon all i put myself through i would do it again without hesitation and i tend to you know, look at all the head trauma and all the things that, that we look at now. I don't want to, don't think about it or don't worry about it. But I, I think the, the biggest thing for me is the thing that irritates me when we discuss it is we draw these like factual equations like football head trauma equals, you know, freak out and kill your family type of thing. You know, I think there's so many more things that factor into that exercise and diet and alcohol abuse, uh, pain pills and, you know, opiate abuse and all these different things that don't become part of that equation. And, and that bothers me a little bit. And I really, you know, I believe that there, and I mean, I've actually spoken at a conference of brain surgeons. Uh, I really think there's enough plasticity and connectivity in your brain. If you stay healthy and you live right and you exercise and you eat right and you do those things, I think you can mitigate or minimize some of the trauma and the damage that you've done to yourself. And I have no scientific proof of that other than the doctors that I've talked to that seem to be on that same page. And the fact that I know hundreds of guys who are some of the best husbands and some of the best fathers and some of the best businessmen and some of the best people that I've ever met. And they played decade in the NFL yeah. and they're doing just fine. So there's, because there's no question if you played the game, especially at that level, you've done some type of brain damage. Why do some, you know, why is it severe for some and why has it been mitigated for others? And that's really what I, instead of just condemning the NFL and condemning football, I would like to see what other factors contribute to that. But again, I think that most of us who have played, the, the vast majority of us, 
would do it again without hesitation. Yeah, I covered Chris Carter for many years, and he certainly has been on the record, you know, just about how important football was for him and how he has no regrets, you know, about yeah, that. Sure. This is going to be very odd. I'm going to actually skip your career because I feel like that's very, very well documented. And and you can see from my line of questioning where the interest and focus is. Now, I want to fast forward to being a parent. You know, so as you were raising your kids, what were some of those things around sports that you really wanted to emphasize, you know, as they sort of participated and right. and competed as young athletes? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was effort and being a good teammate. Mm. Those were always big things for me. Like being on time was big for me. It was big for me as a player. It's just big for me as a person. And, you know, I've always felt like if you're late, if you're habitually late, what the, the message you send is my time is more valuable than your time. And that to me is unacceptable. And to treat people like that, it's incredibly selfish and self-serving. And so I don't have time for people who are late. I, I just think it's one of the rudest things you can be. Okay. So I was always big on effort, being on time and being a great teammate. Yeah. And the rest takes care of it. So like, if you weren't the best, it didn't matter. Just, just play hard. That was always kind of the upbringing. And then I always got not a kick out of it, but I always get frustrated watching Hall of Fame speeches when guys would apologize for not being involved with their families. You know, hey, I was busy playing football. Nobody was busier than I was. There's nobody that was any busier than I was rehabbing injuries, working out, preparing and doing all that stuff. I coached my, you know, I coached all my kids' soccer teams. I coached all my kids' baseball teams. I was at every game, every recital, every, everything. You know, so there were some things, you know, obviously you miss during the football season when you're traveling for the game and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't buy into that. I, I think one thing that my wife and I were very staunch about is not outsourcing the raising of our kids to somebody else. Mm-hmm. We're going to raise them ourselves. And, and, you know, I always say this, you know, it's questions I speak, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking corporately or speaking around the nation, one of the questions that inevitably gets asked is, Hey, what would you do to spend quality time with your kids? Yeah. And my answer is always the same. My biggest thing was I want quantity time. I'm going to steal time from them anytime I can steal time from them. So my wife and I took our kids to school every day. We picked them up every day because I always felt like I pick them up. And instead of them decompressing with their friends on the bus, it was, dad, you won't believe what happened at school today. Oh, tell me, you know, that was just kind of one of the little stupid things that, that we did as parents. I still, you know, I travel every, every week during the football season. So I'm home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. I, I pick my granddaughters up from school every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. Um, I do my radio show in the morning, so somebody else takes them, but I pick them up from grade, from school every day. And I'm the grandparent, but I'm the only person that gets out of the car every day. Rain, snow, sleet, you know, sunny. And every day, as soon as they come out of the door, I, I jump in the air and I raise my hands. And I'm like, yeah! And I'm sure all the parents are just like, who is this idiot? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just what I do. Yeah. And it's important to be connected. And and that's just one of the ways that I get to connect with my granddaughters on a daily basis. Hey, last question for you. 
What's one message you have for youth sports parents today? You know, just for all the parents who are out running their kids to and from, and you've had your own kids to raise and be on the sidelines, and now your grandkids. What's the message that you have as somebody who had a long, distinguished professional career and continues to make a career around a sport? Yes. You know, I, I probably at times was a bit too demanding of my own kid at times could be somewhat of a tyrant. And I feel poorly about some of those things, mostly because my kid was gifted. And a lot of it was you could walk out and give me half the effort that you're capable of and still be the best player on the field. So that was one of those things as an offensive alignment. I just could not allow that to happen. So there were times that I treated my son when he was 10 and 11, like he was already in the big leagues. And that was a mistake. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is to be supportive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it got to the point where one day I just kind of looked at myself and said, you know what, this is, you're out of control. And from that point forward, it was more about, I can't wait to watch you play today, man. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't wait to see you play. And I just was there. Like my wife and I were at everything and we still are. And so just being there, is probably the most important thing. Just being there and being connected and being a part of it. Right. And then whatever happens is going to happen, right? I mean, the odds of anybody listening to this, that your kid, you know, going professional are so slim. (laughs) And there's a lot of factors in that. But just to be there and enjoy it and be encouraging and those things matter. Well, Mark, I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and your incredible candor. And I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Sean. Take care, buddy. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. Also, I've launched a new newsletter, The Youth Sports Sanctuary, which aims to provide a safe space to ask questions and engage in discussions on the important challenges and issues in youth sports. Before I close, though, my presenting sponsor, Team Snap, and I are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches and youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student-athletes, and we want to recognize Dante Prevet, who leads the planning and execution of coach education initiatives for the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative. Among many other roles, Dante is the creator of NFL Flag Philly, and he's in his 15th year of coaching tackle and flag football, rugby, lacrosse, and basketball. Congratulations, Dante. Last but not least, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to app to help you have a successful spring sports season. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.